What Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. Transmission incoming from the big giant head. RadioWhat.com What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, djlittlerock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you could have me at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. Wedding season is happening. Oh, my goodness, how many brides and grooms are calling me and families of brides and grooms. I talked to a grandma yesterday, and she uh, booked me for her granddaughter's wedding. I'm so excited about that. Coming up real soon. And wedding season, I say that. Uh, wedding season is really not a one season. R- wedding season is the time when people start thinking about uh, having a wedding the most. Uh, people get engaged on Christmas Day and on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Uh, that's been a, a real popular time to have people get engaged. So shortly afterwards, they start calling up uh, yours truly, Keys Dan, and checking out the DJLittleRock.com website and finding out more about how to have me at their weddings. Now, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Valentine's Day is another day that people uh, get engaged. So I expect a lot of phone calls and emails and and uh, a correspondence, if you will, on my various social medias uh, to find out more about my services, DJ-wise, if you will. But uh, we're not here for that. We're here for the podcast today. It's the What Makes Podcast. And today on the program, I have Rebecca Shorten. Who's Rebecca Shorten? If you don't know, you're going to find out in the next few minutes. So stick around for that. This week's shows, as we break out of coronavirus quarantine, I have one public show that I've been doing on the weekly, every Friday night over at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. The place to be. It's a video dance party, karaoke jam. Yeah, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show. We got a little stage set up. I got microphones. I'm wiping down the microphones after everybody uses them with my good disinfectant sanitizing wipes. So everybody, you know, we'll keep each other reasonably safe as we get out doors and go out to the to the Rab in Conway, Arkansas on Friday nights. Now, I'll be there from 7:30 to 10:30. Uh, it's shortened hours because uh, <laughs> shortened. I have Rebecca Shorten on the program today. Shortened hours. All right. I didn't mean to do that, but I did it uh, there. I said it. But uh, we have shortened hours uh, due to the coronavirus because uh, everybody has to be outside of the premises by 11 o'clock because, as everybody knows, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 only comes out after 11 o'clock. I don't know if that's political or if it's scientific. But it's the way things are. <laughs> so over at the Rab on Friday night, we have the video dance party, karaoke jam, full bar, kitchen is open, pool tables. There's a pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try to make some money while you're waiting to sing on stage, you can do so over at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Look it up. Be there. If you're anywhere in the area, get there. Uh, and I'll be there from 730 to 1030 playing the music and giving you the microphone so you could sing the songs. You're the stars of the show. All right. The star of the show today is Rebecca Shorten. Uh, I got her on the Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you to 
Check out the video version on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Keys Dan, or look up Keys Dan on YouTube and you'll find three different YouTube channels. It's the one with the Radio What logo right next to my name. How about that? <laughs> All right, let's get into it with Rebecca Shorten. Uh, Skyping Rebecca Shorten now. Hi, Dan. <laughs> How are you? Oh, it's good. Uh, I don't quite see you yet, but I do hear you in my yeah. ears. Yeah, my camera should be loading up. It's not a great camera, so I do apologize. Oh, that's fantastic. It's good to see you. Rebecca <laughs> it's, Shorten. Uh, it's Keys Dan. Yes. What Makes You Famous podcast. Uh, tell me, uh, why are we talking today? This is something new. Uh, you, you came in out of the blue and, and, and you had some things that you needed to get off your chest. So what better way to, than to send them all over the planet? Let's go. Yeah. Well, um, with, I've where to start. Well, my name's Becky and I've, I'm actually the voice for the YouTube channel um, Justice for Survivors uh, 2021 project. Uh, what we do is we give a voice to survivors who may not have felt that their voice has ever been heard. And we focus on making sure that everybody knows that domestic violence has no gender. It's, um, it's come off the back of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard movement. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are trying to get the word out there as much as possible that we are here. We're here to give voices to anyone that needs to have their voices heard. And uh, it has been a very touching and emotion-filled month, I will add. Well, this sounds like really uh, it's it, it's a subject matter that you know should be widespread, but feels so taboo because uh, nobody wants to to know that that humans are getting uh, mis mis treated by other humans. We're we're all supposed to yeah. be getting along together. We're all supposed to be loving one another. Uh, learning, uh, you know, learning from each other, helping each other out. We're not supposed to be abusing each other. Uh, but Rebecca no. Shorten, this is something that that came near and dear to your heart. Have you been abused uh, yourself? Well, um, I've had a few various situations throughout my life. Um, I actually grew up in Northern Ireland uh, in the 90s. Uh, so that's during like the Troubles, if you know what they are. I've seen the movies. I've seen the documentaries. And I even talked to uh, a gentleman who is from Ireland proper, and he was talking about the Troubles. And now he's much younger. Uh, I think those were really in the 80s, the, the mid to late 80s, yeah. into the into the 90s is when the Troubles was. It, I, and it was fights. Uh, well, maybe you can explain a little further. Yeah. What, what, are the, what are the Troubles? Well, Northern Ireland is separated from Southern Ireland by a border. Uh, at the time, it was called a hard border. It was basically a wall that ran through Northern Ireland and cut off Southern Ireland and Northern Ireland because British, uh, the British government have control of Northern Ireland and they have for some time. Um, and it, it was very political and very religious. So it was Protestant against Catholic, uh, majority of Northern Ireland's Catholic. Um, they wanted Ireland to be joined back together 
uh, wanted it to be one country and then you had others that wanted it to stay part of England and the UK. That's uh, where it mainly came from. But there was a lot of other tensions built up throughout the years that just led to this intense fighting. And it it's hard to describe. It's like I grew up. I grew up in the back end of it, mm. but it doesn't mean that I didn't witness things. And it, it's been maybe the last year to two years that I've realized a lot of my own personal issues are due to my childhood and the experiences that we had growing up. I thought it was normal to have soldiers walking on the street with rifles. I thought it was normal to have a school bus search and have everything uh, like pulled out of your bag and having a five-year-old girl searched by an army soldier. I thought that was normal and it was, but as an adult, you sit and think, okay, that wasn't normal. How did my parents deal with this? It's just, it's, and there's a lot of unresolved issues even now. A lot of things that happened in Northern Ireland, a lot of atrocities that happened there. Nobody's ever been held accountable for it. So when you plan a party of any now, mm-hmm. but this the suicide rates and things for people in my age range in Northern Ireland is so high because we we don't have the same mental health support as somebody that may have been there in the seventies and eighties. It, it's so amazing uh, to me how humans can can transcend any uh, d- diversity in their lives and and it becomes a, a normal. We're going through this over the last year. Uh, 2020 with the coronavirus where, uh, you know, wearing a mask is now considered normal. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're talking about the troubles. And even, you know, in the United States, we had our own civil war back in 1865 in the 1860s. And after that war was over, we we're supposed to have reparations where the slaves were freed and then become uh, normal citizens. And uh, before that, they were three fifths of a person. And now, you know, even even now, there's there's still racism. There's still struggles over a hundred years later. So I can imagine you growing up just a few short years after the main uh, part of the struggles, you were still feeling it. Uh, you know, where the Protestants and the Catholics were still against each other, where the Northern Irish and the Irish proper were uh, struggling against coming together. In fact, they're still not together. Uh, Northern Ireland is a part of the U- UK, whereas Ireland proper is not. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Southern Ireland is their own country. And it what's, what makes it difficult, um, growing up when we wanted to, where I grew up, um, if we wanted to go to a shopping centre, we had to cross the border into Southern Ireland. And that would involve car searches and everything. And it would be the same coming back. After the troubles and the hard border disappeared, it was free to travel even though it was a separate country. But then Brexit came along and Brexit has brought a whole heap of issues because they want to put in a hard border again, mm-hmm. which is now started to raise tensions again, which is very scary. What we've had over the last four years, we've had a, a president of these United States that has been yeah. wanting to put a, a border wall along the southern uh, part of the United States to keep out Mexico, Mexicans, immigrants, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're familiar with walls. And I guess uh, China uh, must have been the one that started it all with their Great Wall. And I, I think that it worked. But, uh, uh, you yeah. know, unfortunately, 
Well, unfortunately or fortunately, building a wall really doesn't make any difference because there's a thing called airplanes now and uh, people can get over that wall pretty easily. So why build a wall? You know, just to, you know, monitor your your immigration, uh, you know, and get along with with folks. Uh, Open borders has been something that's been thought of for a while. You know, I watch the show. uh, I watch Star Trek. And I see how the whole world comes together and, and all these futures that we can dream about where the whole world is, is maybe governed by, by a body of, of people, not just one person, maybe, yeah. a, maybe a council of representatives from all over the, the planet. That, you know, it's, it, it's hard to, to, to live in a world where we know most people I, and me, I know that most people are pretty good people. Most people will yeah. will help other people. It's just those few that that want that power, that want you know to to take advantage of other people and have power over them. It, it's it's called the government, I guess. You know, if yeah. if I want to put it bluntly, but you know, so, so in Northern Ireland, you got you are uh, with the Brexit. You're with the UK, and and, and so what do you yeah. think of your Irish brothers and sisters in Southern Ireland? Uh, do you get along with them? Do you? Do you, yeah. I mean, you sound like them. You look like them. Uh, you know, why yeah. wouldn't you get along? Well, the the main problem of it that I noticed as a child was religion. That was the big part of it. And a lot, a lot of Southern Ireland is Catholic. And where I grew up is Catholic. I'm Catholic. And the problem was that the Protestants aren't the same as us. They don't have the same uh, beliefs as us. They don't have the same morals as us sort of thing but that's an attitude that has grown out thankfully but that was a kind of a sign of the times rather than the people you know i was born into an irish family i mean not not an, I, I, i'm half irish in in blood and i'm half cuban in blood but i was born into a catholic family but i've grown since then i got out of the catholic church i've been searching uh, you know uh, for spiritual thoughts and and i, I really knew, never knew the difference between what is a Catholic or a Protestant, it, it, you know, we're, they all learn from this same book of teachings, uh, whether you believe in, in the Bible, you be, whether you believe it's, it's spiritual divinity, it's somewhat a book of instructions. At least the, the New Testament has a, a book of, uh, of morals and guidelines and things to live by. Uh, if you don't do these things, you will be smited. Uh, maybe not by a higher uh, power, but certainly by your government and your peers, uh, you'll be yeah. smited if you don't do if you don't stay within the moral right. But who's to decide what is the moral right? And I guess that is the struggle between North and so- Southern Ireland, and you know, yeah. uh, you know, people all over the world. There's been, been people in f- fighting for thousands of years, having a war for thou. I could imagine a war for one year, but you know, being in a in a battle with somebody for even a day. But but to be in a war for over a thousand years, generation after generation, tell me, yeah, tell me uh, when the when the struggles started. I know I, I I'm kind of rambling a little bit because I have thoughts in my head about these things that you're talking about. You're you're really uh, making me reflect. But but has well, Northern and thanks. Southern Ireland always been fighting over religious uh, beliefs or, or other things? I, I'm not too sure on that because I've only really experienced the reality of it as I lived there because I'm now in England oh. and I've been here since I was 13. Oh, what part of England? So I'm in the north, the northeast of the UK, a place called Teesside. 
Is that a small town or a big town? Um, it's a cluster of uh, fairly big towns all together, and it creates one place that's called Teesside. So what was that like, moving from Ireland to, uh, to Northern England? Uh, you know, is it, a, is it um, different? Uh, I know that the accents yeah. are slightly different. You know, similar to if we were, you know, somebody from New York and somebody from Alabama here in the United States, if I can relate it uh, to myself, uh, you know, the the accents are a little bit different. But the accent in Ireland to England for us, you know, for somebody who doesn't have a discernible ear, it might be similar. But I know it's got to be different. Uh, So just having a different accent and being a different kind of person at 13 years old, moving, moving away from everything you knew. You know, what did you experience? It wasn't just the accent, though. Um, When the biggest difference that I noticed was to do with school, because where I went to school, it was boys school, girls school, no in between. They didn't share. Boys were separate from the girls. It was always that way. You were taught by nuns and you were taught by priests. You weren't taught by anybody else. So moving to England, it was a mixed school. There was boys and girls. There were Muslim teachers. There were uh, Indian teachers. There were British teachers. There were Irish teachers. It was like an enormous culture shock because where I come from is very small. Um, There was only a small population of about 15,000 when I left, but it's grown a bit since then. But I moved to a place called Lincoln in Lincolnshire, and that's very big. So it was a massive culture shock more than anything. Uh, the school did put me into dialect classes because they couldn't understand me. Uh, where I come from in Ireland, we talk quite fast and have quite a strong Irish accent. So, for example, now I would say, how now brown cow? But back then it would be, how now brown cow? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is my hair. This is my hair. My hair. It, yeah, it's my hair. <laughs> you could be a dialect coach for someone in the movies. Uh, I, I'm sure actors would pay uh, top dollar for Rebecca Shorten to uh, teach them how to speak the Irish way. <laughs> I only I only have the Irish accent when I get drunk or I'm around my sister. And the strong Irish accent Which comes is very, out. Otherwise, it, it, it's, it's very rare. Accent. It's very rare. I'm sure she never yeah. drinks. She hardly okay. <laughs> that's that's none of my business. Oh, she's got a little got a little drinky drink right there uh, as we speak. <laughs> hey, you're it's being just, Irish stereotypical. You're being Irish Irish stereotypical there. If you have any kind of a drink in your hand, uh, that's that's what we think of. Uh, you know, over here in the states, is the Irish are are drunk and they fight. In fact, there's uh, there's uh, professional teams that are built on <laughs> Irish fighters. You know, yes. So, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, what? Uh, okay, so you you got out of Ireland, which was primarily one type of person, uh, Northern Ireland, Protestant. Oh no, uh, you say Catholic? I was Catholic, yeah. But okay, so the Northern Ireland was the Catholic, and the Southern Ireland is the Protestants. No, Southern Ireland is Catholic. I grew up in a plate in one of the parts of Ireland that wanted to stay with Southern Ireland, so we were a Catholic community. Well, that had to be a struggle well, in itself. What did your parents yeah. go through? Did, did they give you any stories about the, the times that they went through being a Catholic family in the middle of a Protestant area and where that makes some kind of a difference? <laughs> well, my um, mother and father met when my dad was stationed in Ireland as a member of the British Army. 
and it, that didn't go down very well in my family. Um, my mum's mother disowned her. <laughs> um, my mum found out she was pregnant and my granddad went completely crazy and forced them to get married because they weren't having a child out of wedlock. He could deal with a Protestant son-in-law, but not a child out of wedlock. So they were forced to get married. And uh, then after they got married, my grandparents didn't speak to them for about 15 years. <laughs> but it was on them. It was on them that they, they got. To, well, OK, I understand the morality of that. And and people really feel strongly uh, about people that, you know, having a child out of, out of wedlock. That's it's got its own connotations in itself. It, yeah. it, it could be it could be a hanging offense in certain places uh, to have yeah. a child out of wedlock. Uh, my goodness. Oh. He, and it must have been immaculate because, you know, people don't have sex out of wedlock. No, oh, no, no, not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you can get pregnant by holding hands. Did you know that? Uh, That's what we were told when we were when we were younger and going to discos, which had boys at as well. If you hold their hands or sit on the knee, you can get pregnant. I went to a Catholic church, and I think those teachings were were uh, very similar. I got taught sex yep. education by a Catholic priest. <laughs> Just that sentence yep. alone. Sex education by a Catholic priest. I, I thought you were married to God, or, or you you were not allowed to partake. How are you going to teach me how how to or not to touch myself? And ah, oh, so uh, so many struggles back then. You know, as we, a as we a wee get, lad, we we got a sex talk on our first day of secondary school. So that be I think your high school age because we've got like primary school, secondary school university so it's slightly different but the first day of our secondary education uh, we were sat down in the classroom by this nun and she's like i need to talk to you about sex and we we're like oh come on give us the juicy details she went you're married to god until you are married to a man no sex and that was all of our sex education and i'm sure there were fingers pointed at the time as well with a stern look you know and and i remember that they separated the boys and they separated the girls and we always wondered what what are the girls doing what are they learning if we're learning this what are they learning you know and the reason that they teach sex education in secondary school is to uh teach the kids what they've been doing wrong for the last five years yeah <laughs> but uh, you know hey the struggles of life the struggles of of, of people uh, that's that's yeah. one thing that we come across but you know tell all right i'm trying to look for the justice for survivors 20, yeah. 2021 youtube page uh tell me what is that youtube page and and are it, there any other pages uh devoted to that it's i think because it was actually one of my colleagues that set the page up that she called it a voice for survivors let me just double check if it should have okay. been changed by now um but i'll explain like uh to you what's kind of led me to my position doing this um because i had that type of uh, background in northern ireland i didn't have much experience with men i had a toxic view of marriages because of the way that marriages work you don't get divorced when you're catholic nope so seeing these um relationships and families around me where the husband and wife are constantly fighting he's constantly drunk and all that sort of thing was a normal thing as sad as that was and that kind of set me up to have a bit of a bad time with relationships mm. and um yeah i kind of 
I was set up to fail in that aspect. And it wasn't until probably the age of 30 that I'm 34 now. Uh, it was about the age of 30 that I actually got out of that cycle of abuse and freed myself from it and realized, no, I'm better than this. And since then, I've been flourishing and doing amazing and helping other people. But unfortunately, survivors don't get a platform to speak very often. Well, Rebecca Shorten, was there some catalyst that helped you to get out of this uh, relationship that was toxic? Uh, Was there someone, a friend or or an institution or organization that helped you when you were 30? Yeah, um, there were were quite a few places that helped. Uh, The main thing that kind of gave me the boot up the bum, I've... uh, I've got multiple sclerosis. I was diagnosed with it when I was 24 and I lost my granddad to it a few years ago. And I thought I'm not going to waste my life being controlled and being unhappy. And I need to take ownership of my own life. And that kind of freed me from it a little bit. But I had a lot of support from places like Women's Aid here in the UK. Um, They're also called Harbour. Um, And there's plenty of resources in America as well. I've been uh, speaking with a few people over there for different organizations. And the thing is that women have all of this support. And my current husband, he's actually a victim of abuse as well. But because he's a man, he doesn't have a voice because men can't be an abuse victim. So I've become the voice for my husband. Yeah, men have to take it. Men have to toughen up. Uh, my grandfather, I, my dad was out of the picture, uh, you know, when I was very young. But my grandfather, you know, toughen up, uh, get get out there, swift kick in the pants. Uh, what do you mean yeah. somebody's bullying you? You bully them right back. Uh, you, you know, I don't I don't care if he's bigger than you. I don't care if he's. You got more friends than you that are going to beat you up every day. You know, yes, uh, a man needs to toughen up. And, and women, we try to to be gentle with them, the, the fairer sex, the, the the weaker sex, quote unquote. No. But, um, you know, Rebecca Shorten, you're 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 giving me gems here. These are you know, they're, you're telling people that there is there are places that that can help. And. And I'm glad that you got out of that toxic situation. And you've already alluded to you're in a new a new relationship where where someone is is more loving. I'm, I see a smile that came across <laughs> your face as I said that. So when you're thinking about him, hey, things are good. And I'm glad that you found that joy and that happiness after all. He's amazing. After all the, the struggles and and the and the, te- the torment that you had. Now I did find that page on uh, yeah. YouTube. And, and uh, what I want before I read the description on the YouTube page, you said that you've been diagnosed with MS. Uh, let the people know in general, what is MS, multiple sclerosis, and then how is it presenting in you? Uh, multiple sclerosis um, presents generally, you don't realize you've got it until it's, you've had it for a while because it affects your muscles, control, uh, basically your whole body, the way your whole body functions. Uh, I've got a form called relapsing and remittent MS, which means that it comes and it goes. So I can go to bed tonight walking, but I can wake up tomorrow morning and my legs will stop walk, stop working for maybe a couple of hours or last time it happened, two years. 
And then I'll go to sleep one night and I'll wake up and all of a sudden that thing that wasn't working is all of a sudden working again. But unfortunately, it does progress over time. And I've noticed it a lot more uh, the last few years, especially especially with um, not having as much therapy because of COVID. Well, that's leading me to believe you you got it when you were 24. I'm not sure how severe it was back then. But as it progresses, you you become more and more dependent on people. And you were dependent on uh, an abusive, I guess, allegedly abusive husband. You know, according to you, he was. And and you were court, there's plenty of court documents. Well, there you go. You. So I'll say he was an abusive husband. Yeah. And you you were still dependent on him because you had these ailments that kept you from being able to walk. So you were depending on him for, uh, you know, food, uh, sustenance, uh, the ability to live, uh, have a roof over your head. And it's tough to get out of a situation for some women. It's tough for them to get a situ- out of a situation if they're, quote unquote, healthy. You know, they have a body that's strong. Uh, yes. Oh, he slapped me across the face, but it was my fault. I did that. Oh, it was all me. And if, you, if you're not sensing the, the sarcasm in my voice that I'm laying on very thick, no, it's never your fault. I have never, ever, ever hit a woman that didn't deserve it. No, I've never hit a woman ever. I've had women hit me and I've had women have, you know, give me a thought in my head. I should strike this girl because she is making me so mad. But I've never done it. Yeah. Never done it. You don't need well, to hit a woman ever, Ben. I've I've found myself women can be just as bad as men, but people don't want to betray that, and that's unfair. It needs to be even on both sides. Each year, there's just as many men killed at the hands of their female partner as there is women killed by the hands of their male partner, and that. The numbers are very similar in same-sex relationships as well. But you don't hear that about same-sex relationships and about men. You want to hear it about women. And it's not fair. I've never heard these statistics at all. I mean, do you have any statistics of, you know, how many uh, people in all these different relationships are are getting abused? And, and, you know, I'm thankful. Let me, while you're looking that up, I'll I'll read the description on the uh, voice for Survivors 2021 project, and I, I see there's an about. It's a channel dedicated to ad- in addressing Amber Heard. Hashtag Amber Heard directly as a survivor of abuse. Each video will be dedicated uh, a dedicated direct letter to a number of people within the inner herd circle, as well as to show our support to other survivors who want the world to know. Uh, you know, yeah. now how did you get involved with Amber Heard and is, does she, I haven't looked at any of the videos, does she get involved with this or, or, you know, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation? Well, what the situation regarding Amber Heard and Johnny Depp is a very delicate one. Um, and it's, it's split a community, basically. Uh, there's so many legal documents and so many audio tapes and videos and images of the abuse that Amber gave towards Johnny. But unfortunately, in the UK, where they've just recently had the trial uh, uh, for defamation, the wife beat a defamation lawsuit against the son. The judge in that case found Johnny to be a wife beater. But his reasons for that were because Johnny used drugs. Mm. So what is And the, that's not right. Yeah, um, what is it as you, you hear? Because the man lost 
his job, his livelihood, yeah. you know, because of this. Uh, you know, I hope that he, if he, um, that he's getting help. A, but tell, tell more. How, how, what, what is well, the situation? There, well, there's a massive community of survivors that are on Johnny Depp's side because we've literally scoured every single legal document that has been publicly available since 2016. We've heard all of the audio recordings, the depositions where Amber admits being the abuser. Mm. But nobody is taking notice of that because Amber's the face of the Me Too movement. And we've kind of especially in the UK, the, the ruling against Johnny in the UK has set a very dangerous precedent going forward for male victims of abuse because that judge has said in a high court that Johnny Depp is an abuser because he uses drugs. Now, a lot of victims of abuse will turn to drugs to cope with that situation. So with that judge using that ruling, it can then be used as a precedent in other cases saying, well, that victim used drugs, so she must be the abuser. Yeah, and but, but, it's but a kind very, of, what very kind dangerous of, legal precedent in the UK. Yeah, what kind of drugs? I, I took acetaminophen earlier because I had a, you know, a pain <laughs> in my uh, head. Uh, but you know, what, what kind of drugs no. and how would they affect him in such a way to where he's going to be abusing uh, Miss Amber Heard? And and so it turns out that there's there's some evidence that she was the one abusing him. Yeah. Well, there's actually a court case happening this year in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Um, Johnny is suing Amber for defamation for her op-ed where she's talked about her abuse with Johnny. And through that case, there's been hundreds and actually thousands of pages of legal documents and depositions. And there's a a massive community of people that have sat and read through these thousands of pages, me included. I've read every single page of it. There's so many, uh, there's so many contradictions and provable lies within Amber's statements that too many independent witnesses can say that is not the case. And unfortunately in the UK, the judge dismissed police evidence, independent witnesses, and even photographic evidence from the hospital. And that's not right. And it's actually in the Court of Appeals at the moment. And it's looking like it will go back to trial because the judgment is completely crazy. But in the American trial, Amber's being called out on all of these lies. And of course, I need to say as well, this is my own opinion, okay. of course. Um, and it is very, very hard because, yes, Amber may have dealt with abuse in the past, but she's standing up for the voice of the Me Too movement saying this thing happened to me. But there's so much evidence that it didn't, that if that comes out with her as the face of the Me Too movement, it's going to make reporting this sort of stuff hard because people are not going to believe us. It's hard enough to get people to believe us now. But having a, a superstar like Amber Heard lie about it and get away with it in one country only to be held for perjury in Australia, which she's currently being investigated for. She's going to be held accountable in the US by the looks of things. But that's going to make it look bad on the rest of our community. Could you imagine no, Rebecca Shorten being these people or fighting for your life all over the world? 
fighting in different court battles all over the world. Now, you were saying abuse. Abuse it presents itself in many different ways. Was it yeah. physical abuse? Was it verbal abuse? Was it a combination of all of that? Was it uh, you know taking away someone's uh, uh, food or or their uh, possessions? How did the uh, the how is the abuse being presented in these uh, court cases? Amber is basically saying that Johnny uh, would attack her, would throw things at her, throw her on the floor, slap her, headbutt her. Um, he would destroy things within the house. And there was never any evidence as such to back that up, apart from photos which can't actually be dated to any time. It's like the day that she went to go and get her original temporary restraining order, she was seen outside of the court wearing a black dress with a big bruise on her face. But the day before that, she was seen and photographed outside her um, lawyer's office, sorting out the paperwork for this, laughing and smiling with her sister with no and no marks. Mm. But yet she's she's saying that Johnny threw a phone at her face, and the pictures are disturbing. If you, as a victim of abuse, seeing photos like that, it's horrible to see. But the time for it, she's saying these things happen, but there's so many independent witnesses saying, well, I saw her in this day and she had no marks. I saw her in this day and she had no marks. And the only people that she has on her side saying, yes, this happened, are her friends. Whereas on Johnny's side, he's got the staff from the building they lived in, uh, staff members that worked for Amber, staff members that worked for him, staff members that worked for different companies but worked with them, all independent of him. And the UK court just went, no, not, not taking notice of that. It's, it makes uh, no sense. It, it, it's, it, it's a difficult it's fight to be, to, uh, to be sure, and it's something that the, the court is going to have to decide. Uh, but, uh, yeah. you know, the, the court of public opinion it seems like there's already a team uh, Johnny and a team Amber. Uh, I'm guessing the T-shirts and the merchandise has already been made up and and is out there. And there's and there's people outside of these various well, courthouses, uh, you know, representing each. Uh, is, is that something that you've seen? Yes. Can I give a little shout out Please? actually to somebody? Um, Stevie J Raw on YouTube. Um, he is a a very well spoken, very ardent defender of Johnny Depp and he's amazing. He did a charity stream at Christmas to raise money for Great Ormond Street Hospital and he's raised over 20,000 Australian dollars and he's done that by selling t-shirts and things saying not a bot and that came from Amber Heard saying that every person that supports Johnny on the internet is a paid Russian bot. So I am a Russian bot Hi. <laughs> Hello, Russian bot. That's uh, Rebecca yeah. Shorten. Now, I noticed that the, the voice for Survivors 21, 2021 project on YouTube, let me say that properly so people can, can understand, a voice for Survivors 2021 project on YouTube is a really a brand new, uh, a brand new yeah. webpage. It's only about three weeks old. You already have 810 survivors, so that means uh, that you've been not only promoting this, but it's also something that that is near and dear and and and, and to, to people's hearts. Uh, no yeah. one, no one deserves to be abused. Uh, my dear listeners, yeah. if you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, no one deserves to be abused. No. If you get hit, uh, that's it. 
walk away. Hey, there, I just rhyme. If you get hit, that's it. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> get out. That should be that should be a slogan. I just made it up. Should, it's in the yeah, world. That should be a slogan. If you get hit, that's it. Out. I was yeah. a boxer for a little while back in in, in the nineties. And, and I used to get hit in the face and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And I was doing it, you know, because I wanted to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, don't want you. No one should get hit. Really. I mean, no. unless you're you're doing it as a profession uh, for a living. But, uh, you know, you were talking about, um, well, Amber Heard coming in with bruises. And these people are actors. They have access to to all those makeup uh, tricks and makeup ideas. So it could have happened that way. I mean, but that's not for me or you to decide. It's definitely mm-hmm. for courts uh, and, and not just in one country, not just in, in the U.S. Uh, or in the U.K. And then you also say in, in Australia that they're, they're battling as well. Uh, you know, yeah. And, and I'm, is, it, is that because of the I guess they filmed the Pirates of the Caribbean. I know he he lost that job uh, for the next yeah. installment because of this. I, you know, I have very broad strokes on on what's going on, and I'm glad that you're you're painting the picture a little bit better and, and kind of uh, filling in some of the details that I, I, I do not have, Rebecca Jordan. But yeah. uh, go ahead. Go on. Continue. Well, in a, I'll explain the Australia situation. So in 2015, um, Johnny and Amber went to Australia and brought their dogs with them. Do you remember that? Pistol and Boo, they're two Yorkshire Terriers, and they got in a lot of trouble from the Australian government for doing that because they didn't have the correct papers. Do you remember that situation? <laughs> I do not remember that situation. But but for a uh, for a pair of dogs, all you need is you know, a newspaper to put underneath them, okay? That's the paper. <laughs> you know, so so when they make their business, you can clean it up right away. <laughs> no, yeah, but you well, were uh, to, I jest, but you said that they they didn't have papers and they got into a legal problem. Yeah. Well, Amber admitted to bringing the dogs into the country illegally and got a slap on the wrist. But in the process of that, she gave a statement that she knew nothing about any of it. And apparently it was Johnny's team that were meant to deal with it. However, in the process of the UK trial and the discovery for the US trial, there's actually been emails that have come out between Amber and her team about the dogs saying can you grease a couple of vets to get them in and the australian government have now seen this and they are investigating her for perjury you she know, can face up to five years in prison for it in this day and age there's a camera everywhere there's a microphone everywhere there are people doing checks and balances everywhere uh, whatever you do whatever you write down it's going to come out <laughs> you know if you yeah. say something it's going to be recorded uh, hey, we're saying stuff right now, and it's being recorded. Uh, although yeah. it's of our own volition, uh, we we want this recorded, uh, so perhaps it can help someone else out into the world. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, I've, I've got those statistics for you. Please do. Uh, by the way, yeah, if you want them, numbers. So, um, two point five percent of men um, were victims of partner abuse in 2018 2019 which equates to a ratio of two female victims to every one male victim. Mm. In 2017 to 2018, 11% of male victims have considered taking their own life due to partner abuse. In 2017 to 2018, nearly half of male victims fail to tell anybody that they're a victim of domestic abuse. And they're nearly three times less likely to tell anyone than a female victim. And it's worsened since 2015 and 2016. 
in 2018-2019, there were 18, uh, 16 men killed at the hands of their current or ex-partner in the UK alone, and 18 women. Mm. And in terms, this is this is the statistic that upsets me. And this is just for the UK. I don't know about anywhere else, but in the UK, it's even bad. In terms of refuges and safe houses, there are currently 37 organizations with only 204 spaces, but only 40 of those spaces are dedicated to men. Mm. Well, with the statistic that you're giving is to uh, the abuse reported, and I'm going to say reported, is two to one. Because uh, as a man, I know, and, and as other other heterosexual men that I've dealt with, I, I haven't dealt with a lot of, you know, the insides of a, of a homosexual uh, relationship, but, but in, in my own, uh, I have, it's fun. Oh, well then perfect. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it, it, wait, I, what is it? If you're bisexual and you're uh, still alone, then I guess you're bi yourself no <laughs> i've never heard that one before I, I think that was a meme but really you you have your choice of of anyone in the world but but uh, yeah. you know i all i can do is speak uh, as a, a heterosexual male who's only been in that situation yeah I, i've been hit by girls you know but i've never reported it the only time i really did report it was because the uh, the girl came to a party that i was at and she hit me several times in front of my friends did I hit her back? No, I just sat and I took it, and 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 there's no reporting it. There's no yes, uh, she, you know she she hit me. It hurt, but it, it's gonna brush off. Man up, my grandfather would say. Get, there's get no out of here with shame that. in reporting it, male or female. There's no shame in reporting. You're a big purple dinosaur. There's no shame in reporting it. You reporting that somebody has hurt you does not make you a weaker person. It makes you a stronger person. But she's five foot trust three. Me, I know that. She, you know, uh, you know, she's five foot three. I'm six foot tall, and she's beating me up. She she weighs ninety eight pounds, soaking wet. And I'm I'm close to three hundred pounds, and she's hitting me. Am I going to report that? I'm not. I'm not going to report that. But you're telling but, me that you should. You should. You should, because that behavior will only continue in further relationships. And if she thinks that's okay to do to you in front of a room full of people, what is she willing to do behind closed doors? Five foot four may be a small stature, but it doesn't mean that they don't have the ability to mess with your head. This is the thing that I've noticed personally from abuse, that Female victims are more likely to be physically hurt, but male victims are more likely to be mentally damaged, like the psychological abuse, emotional abuse. Um, it, it's hard to explain. It's like, you know, the whole I, I'm a, I'm a like woman that needs help, bat my eyes and can get whatever I want. Mm -hmm. It's that mentality these days. But Women use that to their advantage in the wrong way, unfortunately. And I'm not saying all women, mm. by no means all women, but women are more capable of the mental and psychological abuse than men, although men are very, very capable of doing it. I have had it done to me, but that's where most abuse comes from women. But even that is not okay. If you if you have somebody that is dragging you down, telling you that you are not worth anything, that nobody's ever going to love you, nobody's ever going to treat you 
nicer than they are and make you feel like you're less of a person, that is abuse. That's not how a relationship should be. A relationship should be equal on both sides. And that is not a relationship. And if you want to get out of that situation and you can and it carries on, then the only way forward for people is to report it. But the point is it should be reported in the first place. If they've affected you to the point where you're having then you need to report it well, you're because making, it will just continue. It'll, sorry, go ahead. No, no worries. Uh, yeah, you're, you're making me think big picture. Yes, if that same uh, small, smaller woman is willing to beat up on a bigger gentleman, uh, who knows, maybe she'll, uh, uh, you know, if she has children, she, she may uh, abuse them as well. Uh, and, and therapy might be uh, the way to go. But have you... Uh, have you what are you what are your ways to deal with this is it is it therapy is it is it always uh incarceration well, you know or you know what are the what are the ways to to deal with someone who is abusive well from my own situation how i dealt with it because my ex was abusive to the point that he didn't realize he had he had issues himself mental health issues himself which male mental health issues are taboo Anyway, men shouldn't be depressed. Men should be doing this and protecting their family, all that sort of thing. And he didn't get help for his stuff. So his behavior got worse and everybody around him became his victims. And going to prison, I believe, actually made him worse because putting him in that situation, he met new people. He got new connections with other criminals and He's come out of that situation with contacts and new ways to threaten. And only a few weeks ago, I got a phone call saying, I'm going to send somebody to your house that I met in prison and they were in there for doing this. It gives them another platform. Whereas rehabilitation in the community, I think, but it's not how courts see it. But that's my own personal opinion. Well, Rebecca Shorten, you're just letting me know that that uh, you not only got out of the situation, there was legal action, and he he actually went through some some court. How how did that come about? Did you have to file with the police department or with the courts to to uh, have action taken? And you know, did you feel that that was the only way to get out of this situation? Uh, there was no other place to to run where he could not find you. Yeah, um, I had to actually ring the police to remove me from the home because uh, I, I wasn't physically able. And it, it just got too much. I, I used to get physically hurt. I used to be sexually abused. I was emotionally dragged down to think that nobody would ever love me with my conditions, that nobody would ever believe anything I said because I have mental health problems. I was led to believe that I was just worth nothing and I was just lucky to be with that person and in their presence. And it got to the point where he'd actually broken bones. and. It, I wasn't getting the help for those broken bones. I ended up bringing the police. Uh, he got arrested, um, held on remand, in, which in the UK is similar to being held without bond in the US. So he wasn't allowed out of the prison. He wasn't bailed out or anything like that until trial. And then he got found guilty at trial and given a four-year prison sentence. And that four-year prison sentence, he only does half. So he did half of that. And that's it. So that's it was, was one-time reporting, one-time sent to jail, 
one time. It, it, so all it took was that one time because I've heard of so yeah. many situations where a woman will report and report and kept, you know, blown off, blown off. Yeah. You know, you so, take care of it yourself. And then it, it takes until a broken bone comes about before any action gets taken. So were there many reports or was it just that one report? With, with that person, it was just the one report. And um, because of the severity of what had happened, there was no really him getting away from it because I was I was battered and bruised and I've still got scars all over me from it. But the the person I was with before, because like I mentioned, I had a string of abusive relationships. Um, I had rang the police on him, I think, 38 times before they took any action. So it wasn't just one time. You were getting no. blown off. No, it's fine. Work it all amongst yourselves. What were their reasonings for, for not taking action those 37 out of 38 times? A lot of it was to do with not enough evidence. Uh, this was back in 2008. And thankfully, a lot's changed since then. But at the time, he was very good at hiding his tracks. I was in the start of my MS, which I wasn't aware of, so I was falling a lot. And he used that to his, his advantage, like any bruises left on me. Oh, she fell over and uh, things like that. But they couldn't dismiss this phone call because on the 38th phone call, I was being held against the wall by my neck. And... Uh, they were on the phone and they could hear me screaming for help. And when the police came, my nose was bloody and all over my face. So they had to take notice of it then. But they did take into account um, at the time, all of the times I'd called before. So he was held accountable for all those times before. And uh, since then, it has got a lot better in the process of reporting these things as well. You're taken a lot more seriously now than back in as earliest 2008 oh these so there's been big strides big strides rebecca short and these are lines in a, in a movie uh oh uh, i didn't hit her she fell down but in your case you actually did fall down some of those times and maybe cause yeah. a little bit of injury so i i could see that being used at, at his advantage and i'm glad that it finally it did well it had to come to a full head he had to actually break bones before the police listen to you before the authorities listen to you. And I, I yeah. I'm so sad that that had to be the way that it happened, but you know, that's all in the past and, and, and I'm glad that it's been resolved. Uh, no more contact from him since he got out of jail at all. Okay. And, and then the new fella, I mean, that that's great that uh, you found someone uh, to make you happy to, to, uh, he's to, amazing to do all the things that, that you need. And, you know, he, he's, you said that he was abused as well. Um, yeah. uh, if you can divulge some of his story, I don't want you to have to tell his story. That's his story to tell. No, I, I'm being a voice for him um, in a way because he's not ready to speak himself just yet. And that's uh, kind of where I came into being a voice for people. Mm. And uh, he, he was in a, a very long relationship with his ex-partner and she was very abusive. Uh, she was very manipulating and uh, she controlled everything from money to phone access. Uh, she would beat him up in front of people. There's loads of witnesses and nothing was ever done. Uh, they had a child and uh, when he was a few years old, he developed a brain condition and ended up 
uh, in hospital for a few months, uh, close to death at points. And they lived at the hospital in that time as well. So there was a lot of emotion happening, a lot going on. And when they finally got their son back from hospital, um, she decided to uh, pack up her things and leave while he was out walking the dog. And it, with everything that had gone on, it had obviously upset him. So he went round to her mother's house where he found her with another man, with their son. And it, he had a bit of a, I don't know how to put it without it sounding bad, but he had a bit of a breakdown and he got angry and he kicked a door and he broke a wing mirror off car and he got shown to be the abuser in the situation, basically. And she was a head teacher of a school. She was a professional and he wasn't. And he got held accountable for that, but she never got held accountable for the things that she did for to him and that's all come out in court proceedings for custody during custody arrangements and things. two seconds calm down <laughs> well i'll explain i'll explain the animals shortly as well oh no problem Spudge. well i mean in, in domestic cases uh you know the the response had to be uh, it had to be uh, expected that he would you know kick a door maybe hit a, a car hit an ina- inanimate object not a yeah. person, you know, because that's an abusive uh, person would hit someone else, another person. But someone who's just angry might pick up a baseball bat and hit a pillow at, at the least, you know, or, or, or you know, or, but th- there had to be some response um, expected. But uh, unfortunately, uh, circumstances, timing is one thing, uh, you know, where he went to her place. Rather than she came to him, he went looking for her. So the courts are going yeah. to see it that way. And I'm guessing that's how, how he got into some kind of trouble in that yes. that particular he, moment. He did. And he he got held accountable for getting angry and kicking a door and kicking a wing mirror. But at the same time, she accused him of a lot of things that weren't true. And he got painted to be this big, horrible monster. but he's not that person and uh, that's all that's all coming out now in the custody here battle between him and his ex trying to get custody of his child and it's about time that it actually came out and she's now starting to be held accountable for her actions uh, they're looking into parental alienation and all, and all sorts with her because she's toxic and horrible but they took her so seriously for so long because she was in a uh, well-regarded profession she was a head teacher of a school so it's that's another barrier that needs to be brought down in domestic abuse cases as well just because somebody's doing well for themselves doesn't make them better than somebody that is a stay-at-home dad yeah rebecca uh, shorten she she's a fine upstanding member of society you know she's contributing to society Uh, so uh she's going to be held in higher uh, standards, in higher respects, so she can get away with a lot of things. This is what people in power uh, do. The, you, you hear about the government. You hear about uh, religious leaders getting yeah. in, in, into these uh, um, situations and not being held accountable. Uh, you know, you were, we're we're both from Catholic upbringing, and you know, Catholic the Catholic Church is not to single them out, but I will uh, has had their own problems where. A priest was accused here in this city, 
So instead of excommunicating him or, or stopping him from being in the priesthood, they send that priest to a whole nother city. And yeah. he didn't lose his job at all. Really, nothing major happened. He he might have gone to a better place, a better a better city than what he was well, at. You know, I've I've actually got a, a bit of a sad story from uh, Northern Ireland. Actually, um, the pr- the priest that was the head of our church over there, um, he abused a young child, and they didn't do anything about it. They just moved him to a different area. But in that different area, he got caught having sex with a nun, and that was enough to get him excommunicated. Oh, that got it. Oh, that was the uh, <laughs> my goodness. That yeah. did it. You know, that was the final straw. Uh, it, Not abusing it, a child. It no. was the having sex with a nun on an altar. Oh my goodness, she was married to Jesus. Of course, no, you could not do that <laughs> yeah. on the altar of all places. Yeah. Okay. It's a sacred place. Yes. Oh my. You know. Uh, all right. We've talked a lot of, uh, about a lot of things. Uh, you know, people yeah. need to get help when they uh, when they're in abusive situations, whatever kind of abuse, verbal, uh, you know, uh, physical, as, uh, in particular, for sure. If you're getting hit, uh, that's it. I yes, think we, it's I, I think that's the hashtag for this uh, for this podcast is if you get hit. That's it. Yes. You know, get out. So, so what are, what's your suggestion? If someone's in an abusive uh, situation, can they contact you directly? Or do you have places for, for them to go? Uh, not just in the UK, but I know that you're primarily located in the UK, and that's what your webpage is. But, uh, you know, it's, it's worldwide. Uh, with this podcast, with this internet, we can use it for good. Uh, where do you want to yeah. send the people that are being abused, men and women? Well, this is um, actually what, I, I wanted to get this out for it's like we started the project to address the Amber Heard Johnny Depp situation and we had um, we had people come to us with their stories saying can you speak for us so it's kind of now sidetracked to addressing that situation but also giving other people a platform so they will Sometimes they'll write a letter to their abuser. Sometimes they'll write a letter to a friend that they didn't ask for help. And then that friend felt upset. Um, and there's also one that at some point is, is actually quite close to me. It's one of my friends. Her mother was killed at the hands of her, her mother's boyfriend. And she wants to write a letter to him saying, you may have killed my mum, but you haven't destroyed my life. And they may not have the strength to say these things themselves. So I'm giving them the strength by being their voice. And we've been working very closely with a lot of people the, the last few weeks. After our first two videos, we had so many people come forward that we kind of put the videos on hold and we gave support to those that came to us. And we've changed the the path going that way so people can come to us to share their stories of survival or how they got from a situation or to address a person and it's the floor is open to them and we'll work with them closely to make sure that what we say is what they feel and i think we're doing quite well with that we've got some new videos coming up on that uh, on like those stories but at the same time we are offering a way for people to get help. Uh, we we are known out there as a justice for Johnny Depp. 
movement. So if somebody saw our Twitter page, they would see it's justice for Johnny Depp. It's nothing major. But we've said to people, our inbox is open at all times. Contact us. And if it is safe to do so at the time, we'll speak with you and we'll find out where we can get you help in your area and where you can go and we'll advise and we'll support as much as we can to get them that help and at least that way their abuser isn't going to see uh, women's aid or uh, harbour domestic support in their feed they'll see something else and it won't automatically be a red red flag for the abuser so we're giving them a way to come forward with that as well well rebecca shorten you've had over 26,000 hits on your YouTube page in the short three weeks that you've had this page out. That means that the, this, uh, the subject matter is near and dear. People are interested in, in hearing this, uh, hearing what you have to say. And it's a, it's a way to open that door to other situations. Yes. The, the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, that's the, the celebrity of it. The, the, uh, that, that gives you a, a, a way in, to other people that are uh, experiencing similar situations. I, I commend you for that. Now, there is a, a Twitter that's uh, attached to that YouTube, and it says Justice yeah. Serve For. The the account yes. doesn't exist. So it, th- I think that needs does, to be changed. It does, it does currently exist. It's just being edited at the moment. So okay. it's been taken down while we update some information on there uh, it's going to be back up live with our new video which will hopefully be out in the next two to three days very good so, who's, and who's helping you to produce these videos uh, are you you're one of the, the people that started this page or you say that other people yes. started that page as well well there's actually eight of us that started it um and for the most part, they need to re- remain anonymous because of their jobs and things like that, especially with the things that we're saying. Because I've always said, if I say something about Amber Heard, she can come for me. She's got nothing that she can take. Mm-hmm. But these other people do. They've got jobs and uh, careers that they need to look after. So that's why I've become the voice. But then since the the first two videos... Uh, we've now got another 13 people on board and we're all spending time one-on-one with somebody that's come forward and we somebody will send us a letter and rather than just sit and read the letter robotically we're speaking to the person and getting to know them and how that situation made them feel and be able to put the story across the way they want it with the information that they want and it's been quite healing for the people we've been working with and we're quite proud of what we've got ready to come out. Uh, the the hold up, in all honesty, is me because I need to do my video about my past first, but I've kind of been stalling on it a little bit. But I am actually recording that tonight and it'll be getting edited over the next few days. Well, hopefully this uh, this podcast has helped you to to kind of gather your thoughts and maybe it'll help to streamline that video that you're going to make later on this evening. You know, you do have to be careful, Rebecca Shorten. You are dealing with people that have some kind of power and you may think that they can come at you and you have nothing uh, that they can take away, but they can. You, You have a place that you're living. You have animals that you take care of and you have a loving husband that, uh, that, that is, uh, but you, you said you were going to explain something uh, about the animals as well. Let me tell you about those dogs and kitties that we've been watching on the video if we're watching the, yes. the YouTube version of this. Well, you, 
you won't see him because he's he's black, but this cat here is Salem. He's 24 years old. Oh, wow. And this lovely lady here, she's 18. <laughs> um, and this little lady here is 13 weeks and she's a monster. <laughs> but I actually rescue and um, look after abandoned and orphaned kittens and puppies. And that has been a way to help me to have some purpose in life because I can't work anymore because my MS, not properly. So that keeps me busy, but it also helps with my therapy. It gives me something to focus on. And my animals have saved me. <laughs> they so have. I've had this. Uh, I've had the 24-year-old since he was eight, week, eight weeks old. <laughs> it was my first ever rescue cat. And it, this uh, lady beside him, I've had her since she was four weeks old, and they've always been together as long as I've had her. And uh, they're like a little married couple, and it's so adorable. Well, some people are more apt to uh, rescue animals than people. Uh, that they're they're <laughs> worth more. Uh, they don't they don't yeah. they don't try to harm you. Uh, they won't fight back, or they can't fight back. So we have to fight for them, the animals, yeah. indeed. And, and I see, this are this just tells a little bit more to the people about you know what type of person you are. Your 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 arms are outreached, and and you're not only going to help the people, but you're going to help the animals as well. And, and that's yeah. beautiful, Rebecca Shorten. It's it's been a an absolute pleasure getting to know you and getting to know your Justice for Survivors 2021 project. You know, starting Thank with uh, with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and their situation, but and then opening it up, uh, you know, to other people that are in similar situations, and, and you're going to help. Uh, you know, between you and those eight and now thirteen uh, people uh, on that page, and, and I, I hope that the Twitter page comes up because I I will share this on your on your Twitter feed, and I'll make sure that I I get all the links to your social media. In fact, uh, as we're winding this thing down, as we're landing this plane. Uh, how do people get a hold of you or your organization? Uh, we have an email address set up, which um, is just it's the Justice for Survivors Project twenty twenty one project at gmail dot com. Um, that's all linked on the YouTube page, and it is linked on the Twitter, which will be I'll get it back up tonight. Actually, um, so everything's linked on the Twitter. Everything on YouTube links to the Twitter, and we're currently setting up a website. Excellent. So, so there are plenty I, of ways to contact. What kind of correspondence do you want? Do you want people to send you video messages or audio messages or maybe stories that they've written down in email form of, of how they've gone through these things and or people that are going through uh, these trials at this particular moment? You can probably steer them in the right direction. Uh, how do you want that? What what kind of correspondence do you want from folks? Well, I'm actually glad you asked that because I wouldn't have thought to have said, but um, we will accept it in any form that somebody's comfortable with doing. For example, one woman's come forward and she wants to share her story, but she doesn't know how to express it properly written down. So she's done it in the form of writing a song and she wants us to play that song for her about her experience, which she has written and sang, and it's amazing. But that's how she felt that she needed her voice heard. And there's another woman who, um, she's actually deaf, and she wants to do a video that is good for the deaf community. So she's actually going to be signing the letter 
uh, in a box at the side while I'm reading the letters so deaf viewers can read sign as well with it. And that it's just, it takes on so many forms. Uh, people want to express it in poetry, in letter form, in music form. So it's just whatever people feel comfortable with, we'll work with. Well, it sounds with all those types of people that are coming forward in, in all those different various forms of media, you're going to reach a larger and larger audience. And now that I've subscribed to your YouTube page, I expect to see yeah. and hear you know, all these different stories and, and the song. I, I look forward to hearing that song for sure coming yeah. down my YouTube feed and, and the different stories. I'm guessing you're going to be in front of a camera, probably reading some of those stories yourself. Yes. Uh, you know, in addition yeah. to the four videos that are up there right now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I look forward to hearing more and more about you, Rebecca Shorten. It's been a complete pleasure getting to know you. If there's any shout outs you want to give, go ahead and give those shout outs now and then we'll close this thing um, up yeah um there's stevie j raw um on youtube and twitter uh shelby soup who's on twitter and youtube as well they covered the johnny depp situation and i think she's changed her name to sec it was spiritually empowered coaching um she's on youtube and twitter they are a, a great team of people who are fundraising, giving emotional support and doing a lot of investigative work into the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation. And I'd just like to say with that situation as well, just because you've seen something in the media doesn't mean that it's correct. If you want to learn more about the situation, there is information available from credible sources like the courthouses and things like that that you can learn yourself don't just take somebody's word for it don't even just take my word for what i'm saying about johnny go and do your own research and come to your own conclusions because that's when people are figuring out and coming to the side of johnny depp is when they reach these conclusions by reading the documentation themselves so i'd go i'd encourage that as well Rebecca Shorten, knowledge is power. Now, you did mention a lot of YouTube video, uh, YouTube channels. Uh, if you could, you could link them to your own personal YouTube page, yeah. the Voice for Survivors 21, 20, 2021 project, and you can have it's featured channels. You, oh, you can have featured channels. Hey, uh, I, I'm all for it. That's you know justice, and the hashtag is Justice for Survivors 2021. Your other social medias, you'll find that hashtag. And uh, it'll help lead you to the right place. All right. Yes. Well, uh, Rebecca Shorten, I always like to finish these things off with last words for the people. It could be words to live by, uh, just something that you've heard a long time ago or a mantra that you wake up with every morning. Or it could just be whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. Rebecca Shorten, last words for the people. Um, I'll, I'll take something from Hamilton, which is something that's helped me through all this lockdown and it's something that is stuck in my head and it's Aaron Burr when he says I am the one thing in life I can control and I think that that on its own is important because we are the only people in control of ourselves nobody else can control us and I think that should be something that we all live by. Well, there you have it, party people. Rebecca Shorten. What a nice lady. And she cares. She cares a lot about the community and what and, and people that are getting abused, uh, so to speak. We need to be taking care of each other like Rebecca Shorten and her and her group over at the Justice for Survivors 
2021 project. And look, I, I think there's a hashtag, uh, you know, and if, if there isn't a hashtag, I hope that they're going to start using this hashtag to kind of lead all of their different um, uh, social events and social correspondence to the website and to the, the YouTube page and to the Twitter feed. So the only thing I have right now is the YouTube page, Justice for Survivors 2021 Project. And there's a Twitter that is linked to that YouTube page. So hopefully they'll, they'll put out little information and, and uh, bits, of, of, uh, bits of information that you're going to need if you find yourself in an abusive situation, man or woman, or, or however you identify with yourself. You know, I know that there's other identifications besides male and female, the, the traditional man and woman that, that I grew up with. Uh, there's, there's other, um, uh, you know, person personalities that, that, um, people identify with. So, uh, I, I want to, I, I hope, and I, and I, I want that we can all get along together. Uh, with each other. And I, I thank Rebecca Shorten and her team of uh, individuals at this particular project doing, doing what they can, uh, you know, on, on, on the scale that they can uh, do. And like I said, there's over 26,000 views and the YouTube page is only, is only three weeks old. So people are interested in this subject. Uh, primarily it's Johnny Depp and Amber Heard to, to get people in the door but hopefully they can help out more people using this platform, using these platforms. Justice for Survivors 2021 Project. Thank you, Rebecca Shorten. All right, uh, for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Now, if you, yes, I'm turning my attention to you now. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's KeysDan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey, guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Great Britain was the first country to issue postage stamps on May 1st, 1840. Hence, UK stamps are the only stamps in the world not to bear the name of the country of origin. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keysdan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of Keysdan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. This is Keys Dan. And this is Shelly G. And you're listening to RadioWhat.com.